Whether I'm turkey hunting, scouting, or glassing for game, I never go into the woods without my Vortex Optics. With their VIP warranty, I can go with confidence because it'll replace any glass damaged in the woods. I dropped my binoculars out of the deer stand last fall, and Vortex got me fixed up and back in the tree in no time. Vortex makes the highest quality and affordable rangefinders, binoculars, and scopes on the market. Y'all check them out at vortexoptics.com. I want to cover all of the Ozarks. You know, we live here in Arkansas and it's easy to focus on what we know, but there's a lot of people who live in Joplin and Springfield and even outside of St. Louis and the Ozarks is a bigger region. There's a geographical Ozarks, there's a cultural Ozarks. I do want to reach into those places and learn from different types of people who may not just be in our backyard. You're listening to the Ozark Podcast. We sit down with men and women from the Ozarks that have a passion for the outdoors. Our aim is to listen, learn, and pass along their knowledge and experiences to help you become a better outdoorsman. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Ozark Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Veet, and I am joined today by two of my very good friends and co-host of the show, Kyle Plunkett. Yes, sir. And we have a special guest with us tonight, someone who we don't get to have on the podcast a lot. And um, and it's it's an honor and a privilege to be joined by the producer of the show, the behind-the-scenes man, Daniel Matthews. What's up? How are you, man? I'm great. How are y'all? Good. Glad to have you on. It's the first time in a long time. It's first time in 61 episodes. Since we got the mics and we're just like testing them out and playing around with how do these work and how do you start a podcast? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. 60 episodes later, now we're here. So here we are. Yeah. Yeah. So I think what I wanted to do just to, to cut to the chase um, for our listeners, you know, this is, this is a little different than us. Um, normally we have, you know, experts on and they're biologists, they're fishing guides, um, they're public figures, whoever it is to talk about their realm of the Ozarks, their realm of the the outdoor world. Um, but, you know, a lot of times we get asked questions like, why why did you guys want to start this? And and what's the purpose behind it? What are your goals for the podcast? And, um, you know, that that people ask us that from time to time, just in, in passing. And uh, we just wanted to kind of answer that question publicly and give y'all a chance to hear from the three of us. The three of us have very different backgrounds and, and you'll hear a little bit about each of us um, and, and what our hopes and goals and, and vision for the podcast is. And so that's what we're doing. Um, I hope you guys stick around for the, for the whole episode. We're going to get into, you know, a little bit of personal stuff about us. Um, so it should be a good time. Yeah. Kyle, I'm going to give you a home run question to kick us off. Hit me, man. What is the Ozark podcast? Oh what do we gosh. hope to achieve? What do we hope to do? What gets us excited to run this company together? Yeah. Um, it's a good question. I think you know, and, and part of the reason that we're recording this now is because the Ozark podcast has changed a little bit from when we started. We kind of just, you know, we wanted to start a podcast and talk about the Ozark specifically, but what that meant and, and what all it, it entailed wasn't super clear at the beginning. But um, it is the way that I see the Ozark podcast, it is the source. We, we are trying to be the source for outdoor hunting and fishing information in the Ozarks. Yeah. There's there's a lot of resources out there for for different styles of hunting, um, hunting and fishing in different places, and I we just we didn't see anyone doing it in the Ozarks. Um, you know, pockets and pieces of information. There's a few blogs. There's a few. You know, you've got fishing reports and stuff like that, but no one was putting all in one place. And so, 
the Ozark podcast is that place. Is that's that's our hope and that's our goal to to put all that into one place and talk to the people in the Ozarks who have that expertise and can share it with everyone. Yeah, something that makes us unique from other outdoor podcasts is that we're region specific. Yeah. You know, if we got into just fishing in general, we know that we could we could cast a wider net. Good fishing pun there to, to nice, get nice. you know people from all over the country to listen or hunting in general. You could cover all the different states or even different countries and uh, you know or upland hunting. You could talk about all the different types of birds across all the different Western plains and all that kind of stuff. But we just didn't have any resources for the Ozark region, which is where we call home. Yeah, and it's where we love to hunt and fish and play and live and work and all the things. And I was recognizing at least something that got me really excited to start the podcast is. I would try to learn deer hunting tips, right? And I'd be reading magazine articles and Mossy Oak online and yeah. whatever else. And everything is about find the find the deer bedding, then go to the food plot and get it done. Yeah. And I'm looking around in the Ozark Mountains going, everything's bedding. <laughs> what yeah. is bedding? And everything's food. Yeah. <laughs> like they eat all the acorns and, and whatnot. And so... As I was starting to talk to old deer hunters, they're like, oh, you know, it's it's not like the rest of the world. And some of them will say it's the hardest deer hunting. I won't say that publicly on the podcast, but <laughs> it's tough. It could be yeah, hard. It is tough. It was like, I want like the Ozark resource. Yeah, and then that yeah. obviously morphed into conser- conservation conversations and topics about fishing and hearing from wildlife biologists and why fire is a good thing and all this stuff. And I think pretty quickly we found out there's a lot more to this region than we had ever even dared dared to believe. Yeah. yeah. and kind of started scratching the surface a little bit got plunged into the depths and then now we're going yeah, this is really cool yeah and we really really love talking about all things ozarks yeah. and um that is the hope that we are a region specific podcast for the outdoor hunting and fishing industry as a whole yeah, yeah. i i wanted to i wanted to say something too um just at the beginning of this episode i i hope you guys listening see that we we really tried to not make this podcast about us that is not our goal to be influencers, to be, you know, well-known or recognized in the community. Um, we try very hard to talk to people who already have the authority and already have the credibility, who are the experts in their in their area, and give the information. One, learn, because we're learning alongside everyone who's listening. Um, learn it, but then share it with everyone. And so as we talk about this, um, you know, as we talk through what inspired us to start the podcast, um, you know, what are our goals for it? And then what are we excited about? I hope you please, please don't hear us t- talking about us and why we think we're going to be, you know, a big deal or anything yeah. like that. We really are talking about why we started this. And hopefully you guys can, can resonate with that as people who are passionate about where they're from, where they hunt and fish, because that is why we started it. Um, if you really get down to it. And, and everything beyond the and, and the outcome of that, the podcast is really just an outflow of it's like an overpouring of our passions within hunting and fishing and, and the place that we call home. Yeah, absolutely. Real quick, before I ask you all what inspired us to start the podcast, I'm going to throw you a left field question. Love it. So you name some of the topics that we've covered. Where do we draw the line? So like, why don't like why don't we do mountain biking? Mm. Like. I know that's kind of a difficult question, but yeah. why do we stop at hunting, fishing, uh, trapping? Like, what what's the reason for that? Yeah, I like that question a lot because it's something that, you know, we could talk about mountain biking, especially you think about the Ozarks. It's blowing up. Oh, 
man. Northwest Arkansas, even on down into like Ponca and and all those areas and and over further, mountain biking is growing, gaining popularity. More people are doing it. And so if we were just trying to reach the most amount of people, we we might cover that. But I really like that question. I where I think about it and where I draw the line is if it doesn't have to do with an an outdoor lifestyle that surround that is um, centered around a focus on wildlife and wild places. Mm. To me, it's out of our scope. Yeah. So it's it's connected to an animal, is what you're saying. Animal, land, and animal. Land, animal. Yeah, plants, the natural resources. To me, you know what I would say, an outdoorsman is yeah. a mountain biker. To me, is not an outdoorsman. Not to say that a mountain biker couldn't be an outdoorsman, yeah. but not every mountain biker is an outdoorsman. A lot of mountain bikers, they live in the city and they like to go out into, um, you know, into the woods to ride through on these trails and they're manicured and they're groomed. And But it, to me, it's just a little bit different. And I think that... It's not wild. It's not wild. It is more man-made. Not to say that they couldn't enjoy the natural resource. Mm-hmm. So it is... They, You're not saying that, though. I'm not hearing it that. It is that fuzzy line, though. Um, a little bit there, but I'll, uh, I'll answer it. About it. Okay. I'll answer it with a touch more depth. Not okay. saying that Kyle didn't give us some depth, but I think when you consider habitat, animals, outdoor recreation, hunting, fishing, trapping, whatever it may be, I think we've been passed down a heritage of the outdoor lifestyle that I think affects positively mountain biking and canoeing and floating and whatever else it may be. But those are not the things that are ultimately going to root human beings back to the land. Like yeah. They're a use of the land and they're good. And, and I'm, I want to celebrate them. I think it's awesome that Bentonville is becoming like a huge mountain biking mm-hmm. destination. But I think when it comes to the people who live here taking care of the resources that we've been given, um, I don't know if mountain biking specifically is enough to do it. Yeah. I think being tied to the land in a way that's you're giving to it and it's giving back to you, it's providing something for you is uh, you know, it's passed down culturally. It is a part of our heritage, but I also think it just it roots us in our past. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's uh, I think it's worth protecting and yeah. worth celebrating. And yeah. so, you're not going to hear any crazy bonehead tactics about how to I don't know go to kill a deer with dynamite or something ridiculous. <laughs> like it really, really is something yeah. to be Shoot, that would be ethical and careful and yeah. and good um, for kind of everybody involved. But that's that's my thoughts on yeah. it. Yeah. And I don't mountain bike. Yeah, <laughs> so that's, that's, what, that's what I was going to say. I'm like, if you're a mountain biker listening to this, I hope you don't interpret this as like, y'all suck. I'm not trying we're to not, shade. Yeah, start no, a podcast with us. No, start a, that would be great. Like, y'all are valuable to the outdoors. We just, you have to draw a line somewhere. And there seems to be, to my knowledge, someone please correct me, there hasn't been yet the um, conservation slash land management from the mountain bike community. It seems more of a consumption sport. Rather than like a, you know, fishing, you're learning all these things to help preserve the river or conserve mm-hmm. the river. Yeah. Whereas trails at this point doesn't seem to be conserving woodlands. Yeah. It's taking up woodlands. Yeah. And and someone might say otherwise, but to, yeah. We'll I, have I, you on the podcast. I totally agree. Yeah. If you have that opinion, reach out to us. I'd love to to learn from you and talk to you. Yeah. Um, I like that question. Yeah. I think it's a really well, good question. Well, here's the real question. Okay. Oh, that was a fun one. Um. We've got asked this quite a bit. We actually got asked this at the last interview. What inspired us slash y'all to start the podcast? Yeah. We, you know, we maybe have kind of touched on it just a little bit, but really for me, um, it it's a combination of, I truly believe in my heart of hearts that the Ozarks 
is one of the best places to live in the country when it comes to the best access to hunting and fishing opportunities. Yeah. Species that you can go after, the variety of species, um, just the scenery, the beauty of it. I, I mean, I just spent the last uh, four days in the National Forest um, turkey hunting and at the time of this recording, and I was just blown away by just the sheer natural beauty that I saw. And I'm hiking down this trail. I'm listening for turkeys. And then I walk up on this waterfall, and it's like 50 feet high, and it's yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. And I'm looking in the mud, and no one has been there. And, yeah. You know, in the what I can tell the last several weeks, like, it's untouched, right? And so all that to say, the the beauty, the the how much – I love just the Ozarks is, is what kind of put the passion in me to say, I want to talk about this place. Mm -hmm. And then the other part of it is, um, the people. Yeah. I really think that the people who have made a career or have these passions within the outdoors here in the Ozarks, um, I think they deserve to be celebrated. I think they deserve to be highlighted. And, um, you know, I, I think it's important for people to know who these people are, who who are the Kirk the, dupes, the yeah, the Kirk dupes, and so that they don't get forgotten, so that they don't get covered up, so that the story is is told and remembered. Because we have such, as humans, have such a short generational memory. And like, how much do you know about your grandma? How much do you know about your grandma's mom? What about her mom? Like, yeah. you just don't remember all the stuff that like happened before and got us to where we are today. And it would be a it would be a mistake to take for granted what we have and the people who ensured that we have that, um, and let that slip out of our hands mm -hmm. or, or change it to a point where it's like you can't you can't reverse it. So I if, I think it's for me it's I'm proud to call this place home. I think it is the best place to live in the country. And then I think the other part is like the people. Yeah, I would answer that by actually drawing on on a few memories. Um, I can remember very specifically the feeling I would get when I'd go to deer camp with my dad and granddad and my brother for like four or five days at a time and how much I, I mean, how much I loved every aspect of being out in the woods, being together, the community, the stories, building a fire together, eating steak together, potentially harvesting a deer together, all of that kind of stuff. Hold on to that idea. Mm-hmm. Learning how to fly fish after I got a fly rod on my 21st birthday, after I'd watched all the Yeti videos on YouTube and thought, that looked awesome. <laughs> Those are <laughs> sick. I, they are. Like, I, I want to get into that because I'm not a very good fisherman, but I think I could become a good one if I, like, really committed to a craft. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, got into fly fishing, learned how to catch trout, and then got into, like, entomology and river flows and structure and all this stuff and was like, this is cool. Like, mm -hmm. there's, there's so much to learn. It's endless. And then you know, kind of melding those experiences together, some hunting knowledge, some more fishing knowledge, and then running into a bunch of friends uh, post-grad or maybe kind of late into college, now into adulthood, where they're trying for the first time to get into the outdoor world and they feel completely lost. Yeah. And so they're coming to me and they're like, I want to do this. How do I do it? Where do I even start? Um, so, you know, originally it was like, well, I'll take you. And then it was, I'll send you a screenshot of a slideshow <laughs> that I made yeah. for bugs in the rivers or whatever. And um, taking my friends out hunting or fishing for the first time, I got to watch them experience something for the first time, connect with the outdoors, and then come away with a greater love and appreciation for the resources, resource that's been handed down to us. Yeah. And now they're advocates for public waters and hunting ground and just life, uh, wildlife in general. Yeah. 
Um, and then specifically, Daniel, you're part of the story. I remember the excitement, the joy, and the curiosity the first time I walked you through the woods and showed you deer trails and how mm-hmm. they work and all of that and how it, for me, it was natural. I've been doing it since I was a boy. For you, it was like the first time ever experiencing that. And you had all these questions and I, I don't know what it is, but I, like I enjoy learning. So mm-hmm. I enjoy hearing from our guests and interviewing the best of the best and having that feeling for the first time again. But then I also, I enjoy watching other people experience that joy. Like yeah. the first time on the river, the first time in the deer woods or the first time seeing a 50 foot waterfall yeah. deep in the Ozark mountains, all yeah. of that kind of stuff. And if, if a podcast is the most effective way to get that information to people to learn how to go do it, or even to potentially take their kids to go do it. And it probably, it's a good format. Maybe it's not the best, but that's how people listen these days. It seems like, yeah, then I want to, I just want to produce really good quality content for people to experience those things for the first time. Yeah. It's that simple. I just, yeah, I get really excited about the guy who reaches out on Instagram and is like, I took my son, smallmouth fishing for the first time Mm -hmm. and we played a small part in that that is awesome yeah that is awesome i want to ask that question to you daniel because it's uh you're you're not like you're not what and i think you would admit this you're not like a self-proclaimed outdoorsman you don't do a whole lot of hunting and fishing yourself but you are very much a part of why we started this and um i'd just be curious to hear from you like what inspired you to start the podcast well, uh, it's funny, that story that Plunkett just told, I remember vividly when we went out there and um, seeing deer trails for the first time or like, I don't even know what they're called. See, that's bad. <laughs> Little like scrapes and rubs and all this stuff. I was like, oh my gosh. It was like, almost like you opened up a whole nother world out there of like signs and like animal life that I've, you know, I liked, I used to like to hike a lot and camp mm-hmm. And you're not looking for those things, or at least I wasn't. And so <clears throat> that story was kind of like the genesis of this thing happening. And, you know, after a year of doing blogs, it finally turned into a podcast. But the the thing that kind of, uh, I guess, precedes that is um, I had moved to Nashville right after school to try to do uh, music production. Yeah. And uh, You left the great state of, of Arkansas. You left the Ozarks. <laughs> Which was a good thing because I... I kind of was getting uh, unappreciative of this area, friendships and all that stuff. You know, when you're when you're in one area for your entire life, or at least this is how I was, I just kind of got, like, sadly bored. I was like, there has to be something else, right? You got to go do something else. Yeah. So I did that for a year, and it just didn't work out. And I remember moving back two weeks before COVID happened. and uh, Rough timing. Rough timing, right? Or really good timing. Or really good timing, <laughs> yeah. honestly. Um the good thing is, though, I, I had gotten a set of skills uh, audio-wise that I, don't, I would have to have paid a lot of money to do, mm-hmm. and it was an internship. Yeah. <clears throat> so I came back and honestly was looking for ways to reconnect with friends because when I came back, y'all were in such different seasons of life than when I left. And so I think Plunkett, you reached out and were like, hey, you want to go hang? And I was like, yeah, sure. And we talked about like a magazine at that time, but then slowly it turned into – a podcast. And so my truly my purpose for this and it extends uh into the the guests we meet is just to build relationships. Hmm. I you know there's only so much you can learn and I have other hobbies and so outdoor stuff I've loved getting to learn it but I don't know how much like I'm never going to be the fishermen and the hunters that y'all are and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I still can appreciate it. Um I definitely appreciate it more than 
than I did before we started. And mm-hmm. so that was, I mean, that's a long-winded answer for that's why good. I yeah. did it, but I've enjoyed it. Yeah. It's been awesome. You're a heck of a trout boat rower, that's for sure. <sighs> Dude, like so many blisters. Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah no, you've been along <laughs> for all the stuff, so yeah. like, you've gotten to like pick some up and yep. whether you claim it or you know enjoy it all the time like you know how to do it now well i'm the worst fly fisherman according to one of my friends <laughs> oh man <laughs> only as bad as your teacher right well i guess so maybe maybe that's fair we also still haven't figured out how to make your saddle work <laughs> oh dude yeah i think it's the most complicated yeah. piece of webbing i've ever yeah. seen you've got the stuff you've got I do the, have the stuff do. i i will i'm slowly you know some people dive in to the pool i'm just creeping in yeah um so that's yeah. right well yeah. we're we're glad Honestly, we couldn't do the show without you, and and you know that. Um, and so, to anyone listening, make sure you appreciate Daniel um, because he he really runs things behind the scenes, and and um, it's it's fun to get to do this as friends. Yep. You know, and obviously, we kind of all of us kind of grew up together. We we went to school together growing up from, you know, early on. Daniel, we were mm-hmm. in fifth grade together. Kyle, you came in eighth or ninth. Yep. Eighth. Eighth grade. Eighth grade. So. Yeah, youth group together, wow. all the things. All yeah. yeah, so we, we've kind of done it all together. But um, So moving on, what what are, Kyle, I'll ask you first, what what are your goals for the podcast? What would you like to see us do? Kind of what, what is your vision for the show? My goal, my singular goal is to get the best outdoorsmen in all respective areas in the Ozarks on the podcast. Share their knowledge, their stories, their history, what they love about the area, what we can do with conservation, all of that kind of stuff. I want to get the best men and women um, in your ears. Yeah. It's a weird way to say that. <laughs> in your ears. I like that. I do. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I want to get the best. Yeah. The, the best guests we can have um, to really highlight the area. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. What about you, Dan? Uh, mine's very specific. So we have so many people moving to the Ozarks and specifically Northwest Arkansas. Yeah. If we can get one out of every 500 that start caring about the outdoors and caring about conservation because, you know, more people are going to start using the resource. To me, like that, our podcast did it. Because, you know, there's a, it seems to be a decreasing number of people who care about that stuff. And yet we're using the resource more than we ever had. And so if we can get one person to be like, oh, actually, I kind of care about this, then it's a win. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, that, I think that plays like, very similar to that. Yeah. I think there's a big part of um, building advocates for the resources. And to do that, you have to give people a chance and, and a reason to go outside. And so I hope someone hears the podcast and they are equipped with enough information to feel confident enough to go fishing for the first time, mm-hmm. to go try to fish Beaver Lake, to try to fish the tailwaters, to go over, over to Cotter and catch a big brown trout on a mm-hmm. hopper. Because they listen to Steve Daly's episode, mm-hmm. which is a great episode. Um, so that's a big part of it. And and to do that, you have to give them, back to your point of having really good information from guests, you have to give them the goods, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second, my second goal with that, I have two, um, would be I want to cover all of the Ozarks. Yeah. You know, we live here in Arkansas and it's easy to focus on what we know, but it's a it's a challenge and it's a push to to each of us to like expand even our horizons. And, you know, there's a lot of people who live in Joplin and Springfield and even outside of St. Louis and in St. Louis and they use the Ozarks and that's the closest place for them. And, um, and over into Oklahoma, we were just over in Tahlequah. Mm -hmm. 
and the Ozarks is a bigger region. There's there's a geographical Ozarks, there's a cultural Ozarks, mm. and these these have mixed boundaries. And so I do want to reach into those places and learn from different types of people who, you know, may not just be in our backyard. Yeah. What are some of y'all's favorite episodes slash guests that we've had so far? Brad Harris, part one, two, and three. <laughs> They're multiplied over <laughs> yeah. different weeks, but... I, I had no idea that the inventor of the butt grunt, which every deer hunter has in his backpack. <laughs> mm-hmm. Literally uh, every single one. Yeah, lives like 45 minutes away from us oh, yeah, just in Missouri. It's That one's really cool. Um, and I, I, love, I love some of the quail stuff, turkey stuff, things that I just never knew until mm-hmm. we started talking to guests. Yeah. Um, so Ryan Diener, yep. quail forever guy. Yeah. I went back and listened to that episode the other day, Ryan's, and I was blown away again. Like... Part one and part two. It's just such good information. Um, so I would totally echo that one. Mm-hmm. Steve Daly, you just mentioned it, but hopper fishing in September, August, right. September, I guess. Yeah, August. Man, just awesome. We'd really had not figured out how to catch fish that way, and we're messing yeah. it up for years. Yeah, I know. And, and after an hour and a half with him, <laughs> hearing it and yeah. then going and applying it, we both caught our personal best browns, Yes, which I'm not endorsing that as a guarantee <laughs> if you go listen to the episode. Right. But, I mean, we figured it out. It's going to put you in a lot better chances oh, absolutely. To, to do that. If you can remember all the tips. He had, like, a thousand. But, man, it He works. did have a thousand. But he boiled it down to five. There were some five? more specific ones within that. That's right. That's but, right. But he did get it down to five, which is helpful. I remember one of the tips was body placement on the boat, yeah. mm-hmm. which you don't think about until you're out there, and then you're making really terrible casts. Yeah, and you don't realize why. Right. Yeah. But it's, it's a I don't know. I love that one. Daniel, what about you? Well, so my experiences or my answers are less about the app, like the actual episodes themselves, but the experiences around them. Yeah. I'm going to, we're going to talk about one that y'all are going to feel really uncomfortable talking about. But before we get to that, I loved Tad Four's episode and the environment because we, were we on Crooked Creek? Yeah, Crooked. Yeah, we were like, we recorded and filmed, like you could see Crooked Creek in the background. Yeah. And, uh, I remember you telling me like this episode's gonna go like really big, and I was like, "Why? Like, are yeah. smallmouth that important? Are they that big?" And it's just they like, are. "Oh my gosh, there's like a cult following." Yeah. So getting to see just the response in that was awesome, and that was a really fun day on the water. You you weren't with us though, unfortunately. Mm, no, yeah. that was just you and me, Dan. That would have made it better if you were there. But would have. And then this, we I actually had, loved it because Kyle wasn't. There. Yeah, I did say. We had one. Uh, I would have caught all the fish out from under you anyway. <laughs> that's so. why I didn't that's want you true. to be there. That's right. That's true. And then the one we had one recently where. Uh, we traveled up to Missouri, Pineville, Pineville. I know yeah. what you're gonna say. And we interviewed the the mushroom queen, Melissa Jean. Yes, we did. And it, I wish that someone was a fly on the wall. <laughs> that, that, interview. that interview was so fun. We had to cut before we talk. I want to hear y'all's experience with it, but we probably had to cut thirty percent out of that episode. <laughs> From she, just funny, like first, us dying laughing. The first I mean, we time I hold it together, man. <laughs> laughed to the point of tears in probably a year and a half. <laughs> yeah, dude, she's entertaining. She wow. is, man. She's a hoot, and I love it. It was like I, I really felt like this is this is someone who she's lifelong Ozarkin, mm-hmm. and she she loves it, and she has a passion for this topic, which is we were talking mushrooms, yeah, morels, and I could not hold it together. That's why we had to cut so much out <laughs> because so I was like. I can't stop laughing. I kept losing my place, and um, that was an awesome. She could be a comedian, stand-up comedian. Let yes. me just say on, on that one, too, I've hunted morels for years, could never find them. 
this season, after her knowledge, was the first time I found morels. That is you true. You found a ton, right? Yeah. How That's many? True. A couple bags. You'd like, to, yeah, it looked like. I don't know. They were great. Yeah. And I just, yeah, just followed her wisdom on it. Heck yeah. Look what I found in my front yard today. Interesting. For anybody who's listening, Kyle's putting his phone in my face. I have <laughs> a picture of a morel. I mean, you're asking the wrong guy over here. Yeah, it looks like one. Did you eat it? Uh, no, it looked a little crusty. I didn't want to eat it. Sure. Anyways, my favorite episodes, if I could be simple yeah. to interject myself now, I can't pick one, honestly. <laughs> there's there's too many that are just, they're all, to me, they're all so good in their own different ways. I would echo Ryan Diener. I would echo Steve Daly. Um, Dwayne Hayda. Mm. We haven't mentioned him. Austin Booth, Kirk Dupes. Austin Booth, Kirk Dupes, Myron Means, oh, yeah. uh, the bear biologist. Um, Christy Graham. You weren't there for that. I wasn't yeah. there for Christy's. Trot biologist. Y'all did, a, y'all did a great job on that one. Um, yeah, I think like Dwayne, for, so Dwayne, for example, he's a guy who, he's very well known in, in the fly fishing world, at least in the Ozarks and, and more broadly than that too. But um, he's just someone who, that was one of the first times I talked to someone who I was really like, wow, everything you have done in your life has been a overflow of your passions. Yeah. Mm. And that painted itself in, in his episode. So, um, And then I got to, on top of that, I was lucky enough to get to fish with him for a 24-hour competition with the All Species Odyssey. And um, that in itself was like a, an awesome experience. So I'd say, yeah, Dwayne Hayda for sure. Mm-hmm. Myron Means with with the, the he's the bear biologist for Game and Fish. Um, those are two of my favorites. But I really I, I would be lying if I said I had a favorite because there there were there were too many really awesome experiences and, and people that we've gotten to talk to. Yeah. What's fun about this that um, I didn't come to realize until we were pretty deep into it is there's all these names floating around in our world that are kind of big. They're either kind of big or really big deals in mm-hmm. their in their craft. And yeah, I could find their email or find their text and shoot them a text and say like, I'd like to talk to you for two hours. And yeah. You're like, okay. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> but because we get to hear their knowledge and share it and they're excited about that, then it opens up that opportunity to talk for them to, yeah. to them for two hours. And um, those relationships built are just really cool. Like yeah. they're people yeah. I've looked up to oftentimes for years uh, in, in the Ozark region and I'm excited to find some of our new best friends, even up in Missouri, who we haven't even thought of yet. Yeah. yeah. That gets me really excited. What has been something that has surprised you since starting the podcast that um, you've noticed, you've experienced? What's been something that you've been surprised by? I'll ask you first, Daniel. Dang. Um, I, I mean, to echo what Kyle kind of just said, it like podcasts almost feel like a cheat. Like you can call like someone code. Up, like a cheat, like for real. We talk about that all the you time. You couldn't, you couldn't like call up, maybe you could Kirk Dubes and be like, let's talk for two hours or show up to his door and he'd be like, what, what are you doing here? Right. Yeah. But if you're like, Hey, I have a podcast. You want to come on my show? It's like, cool. I get to hang out with this person for two hours yeah. and like they're legends. And so that on top of, I'm sure there's so many more, like legends of the Ozarks that we haven't met so far, but just hearing the stories already, like some of the people we named, I'm like, these are people that have impacted this area so much. And I didn't know their name. Yeah. And there's like something uh, humble about that from them, mm-hmm. but also like awesome. That That's kind of the Ozarkan way. That's the Ozarkan way. They're like, like Dwayne Hayda is not out there telling everyone his accomplishments. Yeah. But he's impacted your life. If you're a fly fisherman, in the yeah. Ozarks. Absolutely. Right? So, yeah, that's been that's been cool for me. Just like you can 
go talk to people and record it and other people can enjoy it as well. It's it's like right. it's like a win win win. Yeah, it's a shared win across yeah. all <laughs> platforms. Yeah. Kyle. I've been surprised how quickly I wanted to I wanted to take episodes from just kind of how to how to fish or how to hunt. Really, how bored I got of those kind of quickly, <laughs> and wanted to dig a lot deeper into the why, like what fuels somebody, what motivates them, what gets them up in the morning, why do they love taking care of what they do with so much passion, mm-hmm. um, and then how really the how how can we be a very small voice in that kind of grand picture of preserving and conserving and even highlighting the part of the country that we just adore. Yeah, yeah, that's good. What about you, Mister V? I, I was just going to say, similar to what you said, Daniel, um, there's people that we still haven't met yet, and I've just been surprised by, you know, we interview someone, and you think you've kind of got this list of names, right? And it's like, oh, we've probably got about, you know, 15 to 20 people we think we can reach out to. And then you talk to them, and they've got two or three people. And then you hear from the listeners, and someone suggests these two or three people. And if I showed you my phone right now, we have a note, we have a shared mm-hmm. note where we just add people from time to time as we hear about them. It's like over a hundred people. Easily. Easily. Yeah. And it's still growing and it's still climbing. And these are people who are, they're a big deal. Like within their respective field, some of them are a huge deal and then some of them are not so much, but they have their own story and a, and a reason to be highlighted. Or they have really niche knowledge that nobody's utilizing yet, yeah. which is really compelling. Yeah. 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 It's it's actually interesting to that point how cool it is that not everyone enjoys the same thing. Yeah. Like we talked to a crappie guy and we're gonna talk to him again. Yeah. But um <laughs> like I I'm not interested in crappie. And that's nothing against him, but like I'm glad that we have someone who does care about that or right. someone who cares about white bass or striper name it i mean i'm only naming fishing stuff but other stuff as well right like that's so cool that we have like someone cares about the hellbender the yeah. ozark hellbender oh, right man. i cannot wait for it, that right that episode someday. it's gonna be amazing coming soon and yes. and that's a good thing like it's a good thing that we're all different and we don't all hold the same opinions yeah like that's a good thing that there's a diversity in uh your desires and your your likes and everything and like we've kind of got to pull that curtain back, and like you said, one guest will give us three. Yeah, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. Well, exactly. I think having a space for that is really important in this day and age because we kind of live in a time where, if you dislike or disagree or not even dislike, just don't don't care fully don't about care this, fully yeah. as much as the next person, then you're like written off in that person's mind. You have to care about this topic, and, and I like, I really do think it's it's kind of the way of the Ozarks to respect other people's differences, but also celebrate them within that yeah. and actually recognize you don't know everything and you can learn from them. Like yep. that's kind of how the people of the Ozarks have always survived and always thrived. Yes. Mm. And getting to tell those stories or even just to, to get to practice that with, with a podcast, something as simple as a podcast, a, a thing that, you know, shows up on your phone every Wednesday yeah. is really cool. Yes, yes. absolutely. I, I, I think about some mountain man, hillbilly who he's just tucked away in the Ozarks and, you know, for whatever reason, he's there and he doesn't, he's not around a whole lot of people. He has something to teach people. Yep. I've, I legitimately believe that every person has at least one thing that you could learn something from them. Yep. And I think with us, like our job as podcast creators is to um, just stay curious and like mm-hmm. ask the questions and, and kind of try to pull that piece out 
so that we all are like realizing like, oh, there's, there are people who aren't like me and, and there is someone who is really passionate about crappie and there is someone who's really passionate about the Ozark hellbender. Um, this bird that is going extinct. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Cause if you don't have those people, things happen. Yeah. If you don't have advocates, things disappear. Yeah. It's also, I mean, it's cool that we're preserving people's stories who, you know, we're not going to be here forever. And a lot of people we've interviewed won't be here forever. And so getting to not only preserve their story, but give it to their family for long after they're gone, like maybe their grandkids will listen to it. Yeah. Because so far, you know, podcasts stay up there. They don't delete themselves. They're so always going to be they're there. They're in the we, cloud, we right? <laughs> they're up there. And so it's like, that's kind of cool. Like we we get to interview some people who uh, may not be with us in the next 10 to 15 years, but we still have their stories. Yeah. Right. And we can always re-upload it. Yeah. Uh, and tell it. So that's like, it's just kind of like a, a memory thing. Like your yeah. story, it's like stored memories, which is pretty cool. That is really cool. That's a, that's a really interesting thought. Yeah. I've got a question for us. Tell maybe one story that just, it could be the perfect day, the perfect story, whatever it is. Tell one story that highlights why you love this area. A day that you were outside, why you fell in love with it, or something that sticks out in your mind. You're like, that's, I want everybody to experience that. Mm. <laughs> that's a good question. That is a... Uh... That's a tough one. I, I, I'm really quick to go to like, I don't necessarily have one. Just give a couple story, but it, to me, it is, it is more of a collection of, um, small memories from as early as being like five years old. Probably like one of my first memories is spending time down by the Mulberry river, growing up, walking fence lines with a BB gun in my overalls looking for rabbits, looking for birds and just like having a blast. And then, you know, in the afternoon when the sun goes up, we go down to the river, we swim and then I'm catching crawdads and then it's frog eggs. And then I'm learning about this fish and it's like this just, there's so much to discover. Um, and so I, I guess I would say like, I don't have one moment. I don't think there's one moment where I'm just like, that is the perfect day in the Ozarks. Although now that I think about that, I could maybe name one, but um, which name one is it, it? Name it. So, well, I think this just happened. We were out scouting turkeys, you and I, Kyle, and the spring in the Ozarks, I'm convinced there's not a better time. You cannot, you don't have enough time in the day to do everything. There's, you could go after smallmouth, you could go after white bass, you could go after turkeys, you could go after walleye, go after crappie. Go, yeah, all this <laughs> stuff and morels, right? There's not enough time. And so we were out and um, we were scouting turkeys and looking for morels. And we were just walking around and we were appreciating like the the wildlife and the flowers and the dogwoods as they were popping out. And then we went and we found some morels. We found some turkey sign. We were getting ready. We came home. I came home and then just like enjoyed a beautiful day outside. And I just, it's the simple things, honestly. I don't have like one profound moment, but um, for me, it's just like, it's all the little things and, and the Ozarks in itself is kind of a humble and understated area. And I, I feel the same in, in my memories of it is like the small things that lead to this overwhelming pride in this place. That's good. Dan, what about you? I do have a recent story. So as I said earlier, my reasoning for getting involved in this was really just relationships. And so uh, this probably happened maybe over a year ago, my oldest brother, who's a huge outdoorsman, like 
he should be the one on the podcast, probably not me, because he's like he, he's just that's been a part of his life forever. He was like, "Hey, you want to go fishing?" And I was like, "Sure, whatever." I was like I get to hang out with you. I'm probably not going to catch very many fish, whatever. And so he took me out to this creek. I, he wouldn't even tell me the name of it because he didn't want me to pass it on to yeah. like y'all or something on the podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so we went to this random place like under this bridge in Elkins. Uh, it was the water was like you know up to your like right above your ankles. Uh, at one at certain points and so you know we're out there pretty early morning it's like you like don't even feel the weather right and yeah, there's like perfect f- like uh this little stream and it looked almost like private land there were like cows on the on the edge right there watching us and we're just like fishing hanging out catching like little sunfish or whatever yeah. and there was nothing like super special about the day other than i got to hang out with my brother which i don't get to do a lot mm-hmm. and it was over something that he found like that he was super passionate about and I've realized, like, through that story, I found out that I, I really enjoy watching, like, friends I love or even, like, people I don't even know, like, do what they're passionate about. Mm. There's something about that. It's, like, it's effortless. They're not trying. They're just, like, it's an overflow of it. So I, I love that day. And then after we, like, you know, we got breakfast, like, a rolling pin or something like that and just, like, talked and chilled. And uh, it was just, like, you, there's not very many places, like, if I lived in a city where I'd be able to do that. Uh, let alone with my brother. So I love that. It was just, it was like so chill, like uh, not like a crazy story, but just getting to hang out with my brother. And we did see a massive snake though. Mm. Actually, okay, this kind of does make the story ridiculous. We're walking to the place to fish. We see a dead snake and a, a, a live one. And on our way back, the live one had eaten the dead snake. Oh. And it was a massive like black snake. Oh, it was nice. a moccasin. I guess it was a water moccasin. Yeah. But it was dude well it didn't hurt us <laughs> so, you were safe but it was fun you all survived. to say it was a really fun day it was just super chill yeah that's good moving on we're not gonna let kyle tell his story yeah uh, <laughs> anyways what did you think mr man? plunkett over to you kyle what do you what do you so the, the, i feel like you you always have like epic stories it's true and so i'm expecting something Expectations really are high <laughs> really epic about he's like change the, the story the perfect day and yeah, i'm trying to think of the lamest story i have <laughs> <laughs> um all right, the story that sticks out in my head the most as like a perfect day in the Ozarks. It's an epic one. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> I knew it was going to be. I just, you've heard it. <laughs> we've spent too much time together, man. A lot. Um, all right, it's November 11th, <laughs> 2014. Time of day. I'm dead serious. Weather. I think, I think that was a Friday. Maybe I, I could be wrong on the date. Saturday. Yeah, because Friday the 13th. Yeah, from yeah. 2014. Wait, you said 11. Dang oh, it. from 2014? Yeah. November 11th, 2014. I wasn't there. And uh, I was a college freshman. Mm. And it was cold, started deer season. I made it to every sorority house to eat their fried chicken lunch that Friday (laughs) and then skipped the back half of school. We said outdoor story. No, 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 I'm getting there, I promise. (laughs) And uh, it was so cool. I went to all these sororities. (laughs) That's not the story. (laughs) Um, So I made it to all the houses and then I had had classes until like 6 o'clock. And after I ate the last plate of fried chicken, I was like, I don't want to go to school. I'm going to go deer hunting. So mm-hmm. I pack up all my stuff, <clears throat> ditch school, drive out to the woods. And I'm sitting there and it's, you know, I've been in the stand for a couple hours. The, uh, it's, was, it was cold enough that day that there was like a very, very small amount of snow flurries that started coming down. So it's kind of gray, overcast. All the leaves are off the trees, you know, fall, fall evening. Snowflakes are coming down and out walks a big old black bear 
you know, had checked the quota, all of that, made sure it was legal, decided at that moment, I'm, I'm shooting this black bear. Like, I've been trying to hunt one, haven't found one. I'm going to resort to deer hunting. This is what mm-hmm. I'm doing. So shoot the bear. Bear runs down the hill. I go f- find it by, by myself uh, in the dark with a little dinky flashlight, come up on it. I think it's dead, but I can't tell. So I get kind of panicky, <laughs> run all the way back up the hill, get in the truck, drive from where I was hunting an hour and 15 minutes back to Fayetteville, where I was in school at the time, called my fraternity big brother, his best friend, and then my kind of my mentor at the time. So a guy who's a few years older who I really looked up to and was, you know, he was teaching me how to, how to be a, a functioning adult human being in college. And yeah. uh, they were at a, they were, they were at an engagement party and they came out and, you know, in their suits and, and whatever else. And I was like, get your stuff. We're going to the woods. And they're like, it's 11 <laughs> o'clock at night. I said, I don't care. Go get your stuff. I'll come pick you up in 15 minutes. I got to go get gas. We're going to the woods. So I pick them up at the spot we said. They jumped in. They're like, what is happening? I was like, are y'all good to stay the weekend? Like, we don't care. All right, we're going. Took off back to the woods, made it back, walked down the hill with them, proceeded to drag this, I don't, I think field dressed. It was 340 pounds. Shoot. Which, you know, it's an average bear for this area. It's good. It's big, but it's not record breaking. Drag it out of the woods, uh, get it on ice. The next morning, Two of the three guys wanted to sleep in, so they slept in. My mentor had never deer hunted before. And uh, I was like, hey, I'm going to put you in the spot. I think it's a good spot. All he had was thin leather boots, um, Walmart camo that we'd found in the closets at the cabin we were staying at, uh, and a beanie that I gave him that my grandmother had knitted. And I drove him out to the spot, stuck him in the stand, and said, here's what you want to do. A deer is going to come by, probably a big deer because it's that time of year, um, never shot a rifle before. It's going to come out. And <laughs> Here's gonna, how you use your gun. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be shaking, so don't look at its antlers. I loaded the, the bullet into the rifle, cocked it, all of that, showed him where the safety was, and then proceeded to talk him through, here's how you put it on your shoulder, here's where you look. Uh, you know, you want to make sure the scope is not too big, not too small. You don't want it close to your eye. You're going to knock yourself out, all that kind of stuff. When the deer comes out, put it right behind its shoulder, take a deep breath in, hold it a little bit as, you, as you're breathing out, slowly pull this pull the trigger yeah. and let it scare you and you're going to have a deer. And he was like, all right, we'll see how this goes. So I go hunt, uh, you know, already had the bear that ne- that previous evening, next morning. Don't, don't see much. Uh, I think I shot a doe and then it's about noon at this time, freezing cold drive back to where he was on the four wheeler. I come out, I go up the hill and he is laying in the road <laughs> up against a huge eight point buck with his boots off with his feet wrapped up in his coat. <laughs> his feet freeze off in these thin leather boots. And uh, and he's smoking a pipe. Nice. <laughs> so he had done he had done it. He yeah, got the deer. It. Oh my gosh. And so he proceeds to tell me the story and all of that. So, you know, we feel dressed and, and drag it back to camp. And the rest of the day was rendering bear fat, skinning a buck, eating bacon, and just telling stories and being yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. And I think it was that day that I was like, I could do this forever and be so happy. Yeah. That's, Dude, that's an awesome. awesome day. That's my story. <laughs> yeah. That's my one. That's amazing. Shout out to Tad Moore. If we're name dropping. We're name dropping. <laughs> Not Tad Four. Not Tad Four. Yeah. yeah it's very true. similar name. Yeah. Um, that's a great story. I I mean that to to be able to harvest a, a bear in a nice mature buck, all within even if it's two different people, all within like twenty four hours of each other, you just can't beat that. Yeah, I wish I would have put him in a different spot though. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah, both of those. Oh man, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I think I think that's a great place to to wrap up the episode. 
on an epic story like that. Um, you know, we, we've talked about what inspired us to start the podcast, our intentions behind it, what we're hoping to see, our, our vision, our goals. And, um, you know, I just want to say thank you to to the listeners who have kind of been alongside us with this journey and listening and, and taking in the information. Um, if you guys are, are listening, I hope you're enjoying it as much as we are enjoying putting it together and talking to all these different people. Um, of course, we want to hear from you guys. If you guys have ideas for guests and topics and stuff like that um, that you want us to cover and talk about, always feel free to reach out to us. I mean, Kyle, you and me and Daniel, we're all on Instagram. You can DM us. You can DM us on on the podcast Instagram. Um, we try to be very accessible to everyone. Uh, and, and then I would just ask if you guys have enjoyed the podcast, um, make sure you share it. Share it with somebody else who loves the outdoors, who you hunt and fish with. Uh, send it to your buddy who turkey hunts, the the guy who likes smallmouth. Send it to your your friend who doesn't know how to do anything in the outdoors. <laughs> send, it, send it to me. Send yeah, it send to it someone Daniel. like Daniel. I'm that friend. Yeah. Um, and just just pass it along because that obviously helps us, but it also helps us be able to get better and bigger guests um, for you guys to hear from and, and learn from. Um, the bigger platform that we have um, also helps you. So yeah, and just to remind you, that's not that's not a we want to make our name big. We probably talk for seven percent of the episode, maybe even less. Like we just want to get <laughs> episodes, we just want to yeah. get the the best voices to you guys. Um, and with that, if you if you're really enjoying it and you really want to help others find the podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and written review. If you leave the five stars and then write a review, super helpful. That goes a lot. Because really, if you're, you know, y'all do this. If you check out a new podcast and it's like, oh, they only have three reviews, probably not going to click on the podcast. Like, how credible are they? (laughs) And so even if it takes two extra minutes of your time when you stop driving as you're listening to this in the car or whatever it is, just leave that review. That'd be great, and it is also it helps us too, right? Because like we get we hear the feedback, yeah, we hear we what you feedback. like, what you don't like, um, and so that all of it is helpful to to us. So uh, we would just ask that you guys do that. Cool, Dan. Any last words, producer Dan? See y'all later. See y'all. <laughs> we'll see you on episode one hundred and twenty-two. To a hundred more, yeah. One twenty-two to the moon. Yeah, we'll just do every every sixty-one. Sixty-one. <laughs> <laughs> That's Maybe. gonna be the next time you hear from us. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah! A full year and a half. From <laughs> no, now. just just Dan. You'll hear from us all the <laughs> oh, time. No. You'll yeah. hear from Dan. I hop on every. And we'll see you next year, Dan. See you next year. All right, y'all. Let's. Cool. Re- that's good. That's good. That's cool. good. We'll see y'all. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> this podcast is hosted by Kyle V and Kyle Plunkett and produced by Daniel Matthews. For guest recommendations, episode ideas, and general questions, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram or email us at theozarkpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, we love making this show and being able to offer this podcast to y'all for free. But if you're listening and you want to support the Ozark Podcast to allow us to travel even further and meet more interesting people, head over to our Patreon and sign up to join our most loyal listeners. Let me tell you, These folks are 100% certified Ozarkins. And, of course, we can't forget to thank our good buddy, J.D. Clayton, for providing the amazing music for today's episode. Check out his website to see where he's touring next at jdclaytonofficial.com. Now, sit back and enjoy his song, American Millionaire.